Well, this is a very special morning in many ways, but one of the most precious is the opportunity to see moms and dads dedicating their children this morning. And I want you to, uh, to welcome and introduce Jeff and Deanna Waits and uh, Zachary Lucas. There's Zachary and Aaron Joshua. Good morning. And Isaac Savior. Good morning. I want to read to us from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. And they were bringing children to him, that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands upon them. How meaningful it is to see Jeff and Deanna dedicate themselves and their children unto the Lord. This is precious in his sight. And uh, this morning... What Jeff and Deanna do has changed little in spirit and in heart from uh, what Hannah and Elkanah did when they dedicated Samuel and Mary and Joseph when they dedicated Jesus. This morning you are dedicating not only your children, you are dedicating yourselves to God to maintain a home where Jesus Christ is honored and God's word is treasured. And in this, we join you. We join you in praying for you and supporting you in the rearing of your children in every way that we possibly can. And we pray with you as God guides you and your children because we want, as you do, to see them grow as Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and with man. And so, Jeff and Deanna, recognizing the dignity and responsibility of being parents and of your dependence upon God to fulfill the duties of, of what you do as a parent in representing the Lord to them. Do you now dedicate your children to God and solemnly covenant to strive by precept, by example, and vital association with God's church, his his people, to train your children to love him and his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, if so say, we do. Having dedicated your children to God, do you consecrate yourselves to Christ and in the spirit of this covenant to inspire Christ's likeness in your home and the rearing of your children, if so say, we do. Having heard these vows and sacred assurances as a minister of Christ, I joyously and with earnest prayer commend your children to the gracious keeping of God, our Heavenly Father. I always say this because it meant so much to me when my mother would tell me that she and my dad had dedicated me unto the Lord, that I belonged to him. And even though uh, I resisted that at times and struggled with that, 
I never lost sight of that, never forgot that. God always had, in my heart, his hand upon me. And so tell them often, remind them of what we have done here today. Will you join me in standing as an expression of our oneness of heart as together we join in praying for Deanna and uh, the whole family, Deanna and Jeff, this morning. With great joy and thanksgiving, Father, we commend these mo- the, this mother and father, Jeff and Deanna, and their three boys to you in prayer. Enable them, empower them with your love and grace. Encourage them. Assure them of your sure and unseen work in their lives to bring about your beautiful purposes and plans for them. Guide them with your strong and loving hand. May they grow to love you and trust you more and more and more. And may they experience the joy of your care from sunrise to sunset, every hour of the day. Father, you never leave us nor forsake us. And Father, grant us all to know the divine opportunities, the appointments to add our encouragement to them in word and deed with your spiritual blessings and tenacious love. Help us all to be good and alert trustees of your children. These and every child that is a part of your family here, we pray this in God's, dear God, in Jesus' precious and matchless name. And all of God's people said, Amen. God bless you. Good morning to all of you. Obviously it is Celebration Sunday and on Celebration Sunday we do baptisms. There were there going to be four people baptized today. Two in the first service, Ashley Reeves and Lydia Sarandos, and two that you will see baptized here in a moment. You know, baptism is very important. Um, it was actually established, baptism was established by our Lord Jesus God and He Himself was baptized. I'd like to read to you about his baptism. Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? And Jesus said, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Our Lord Jesus, God, was baptized, and he said, this is good. And you all should do it. Jesus established baptism as the way for his people to proclaim that they believe in Jesus and his death on the cross and that they will follow him and serve him all the rest of the days of their life. This is the way that we as believers identify with our Lord and his work on the cross. Romans 6, 1-5 says, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we have been united with him like this in his death, 
we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. This is why we practice believers' baptism by immersion because of the symbolism of it. As someone is baptized, we are reminded of Jesus' death on the cross. He was buried and he raised again on the third day. As these folks are being baptized, that is the symbol that they were once lost. They gave their life to Jesus. That old life is dead and buried, and they are now a new creation in Christ. I would encourage you as you watch these baptisms not to be passive observers as you would be if you were watching a movie or something. It's a time for you to remember about your relationship with the Lord and to evaluate your life and where you're at with our Savior. Good to have you here. May Great I, to be here. May I introduce to you, this is Jeff Waits. Jeff, could you share with the family here at Grace Community a little bit about how you came to know the Lord Jesus? I grew up uh, in a really loving Christian household, but I think through time and uh, through, through being a little bit uh, immature, I grew away from the Lord. So as I've uh, started to raise a family, I've come back. Good. Yeah. Why are you being baptized today? Uh, to proclaim my... Uh, love for the Lord for everyone. Good, good. Go ahead and grab your best. Jeff, you've given your life to Jesus Christ, yes? Yes. Jeff, is it your desire and will you serve him all the rest of the days of your life, no matter what should come your way? I will. Upon this, your profession of faith, I baptize you now in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Also introduce to you the prettiest smile in the church, at least right now. This is Esther Eng. Esther, could you share with our family here at Grace and your family here at Grace uh, a little bit about how you came to know the Lord Jesus? Um, I grew up in a Christian home, but I didn't accept Christ until when my parents volunteered our family to serve in an orphanage in the Philippines. Over there, like I saw how the kids have nothing, but it feels like they have everything because they have God in their life. So I thought to myself, I want to be like that. So when we got home, I prayed by myself. I prayed to God to forgive my sins and come into my life. Well said. Why? I'm sorry, it just caught me. That's just such a great story. Pastor's not supposed to cry. Um, Esther, can you share why you're being baptized today? To proclaim that I'm following God. Okay, very good. That's good. Not yet. <laughs> Esther, you have given your life to Jesus Christ, yes? Is it your desire and will you serve him all the rest of the days of your life, no matter what should come your way? Yes. Upon this, your profession of faith, I baptize you now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. How wonderful is that? We want you to know that there are 
we were baptized a lot of students at beach camp this year, and I'll direct you to the screen above me so that you can watch those as well. God bless you. Well, good morning. Uh, my name is uh, Lulu, I mean, Steve Lyon, and uh, I've been asked to talk to you a little bit about men's retreat today. Um, there's, there's several things I want to get to real quick. Um, I'm very passionate about men's ministry here. It's uh, hopefully obvious that would, you know, I would do anything, you know, to get you guys excited and, uh, you know, passionate too about going to something like men's retreat. Um, if you don't know, there's, there's tons of things to do at men's retreat. We have games galore. We have ping pong tournaments, foosball tournaments, UNO tournaments, disc golf, all sorts of stuff. So there's, if you like to play games, that's the time to do. Um, we have tons of fellowship, of course. We're hanging out together, having a good time. Um, we sing tons of music together. Uh, food's pretty good, too, so that's, that's always a bonus at a retreat, right? Um, but the best part, and what, what encourages me every year, is really when we get into the Word together. You know, there's something very specific about when guys get together as men and dig into the Word, hear a good speaker, like Pastor Tim is our, our speaker this year. And there's, there's something special about that, so... I, I've been very blessed and very encouraged every year when I go. You know, it's made me a better father, better husband, better man, I hope, um, from stuff like this. So um, our, our verse for the men's ministry here at, at Grace is Proverbs 27, 17. You know, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So what I want to ask you today is where are you being sharpened? You're here today, fantastic, but come to men's retreat. Let's sharpen each other. Let's uh, dig in the word together and have a great time. Thank you. Good morning. We do wish to bless the Lord this morning, and I want to share with you a little bit about how the Lord has been blessing us here at Grace. Uh, my name is Cecil Ellison, and it's a pleasure and a, a, an honor for me to serve as vice chair of the elder board. And I want to share, I, I get the privilege of sharing with you about a recent obstacle that we faced in our construction of the new administration building out there on Lover's Lane. Jim Wood, who is our project manager, was informed by the uh, Valley Air Pollution Control, Control District, or the Air District, that we needed to complete and file for a special permit. Uh, this being the first development on that site was what initiated that. And Jim worked with the staff at the Air District to provide the information they needed to complete that process. And once all the inputs and calculations were done, our fee was determined to be $186,000. Let me say that again. $186,000. We were initially told any fees for this permit would be zero. But according to their calculations, we would be over the emission standards that we were allowed. And part of this was due to their calculations using uh, 300 car trips a day going to that new building. Jim questioned these inputs they were using. And since we were just relocating, but as the saying goes, you can't fight government. The Air Board kept referring to our project as new and additional. We as elders had been informed and uh, involved in this process from the very beginning when Jim was notified that we needed this permit and we were praying <clears throat> along with Jim for God's guidance and we felt this was not something that we really owed due to the calculations being incorrect. Uh, we supported Jim as he made contact with one of the men of the Tulare County Board of Supervisors as he sought out information on an environmental attorney in Fresno. And we continued to pray and ask God to lead us and to intervene. 
but it was obvious this was going to happen in God's timing and not ours. We felt God was telling us to wait and rely on him and to not pursue hiring that attorney. But time was marching on and this issue needed to be resolved so construction on the building uh, could con continue in earnest again. Jim was inspired with a question to ask the Air District. How much of a credit do we get for cars now not driving to our current site? When Jim talked with the Air Board and asked them that question, they responded, we've never had anybody ask that question. This caused them to really understand that we were not increasing at a new site, only moving cars from, from our current site and all the other calculations that go into that. Uh, they rethought and, and remodeled their calculations. Once the new calculations were completed, you wanna take a guess at what our fees came out to be? That's right, zero. The Lord tells us to wait on him and to rely on him. Psalm 27, 14 says, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart, wait for the Lord. The Lord continues to prove himself faithful time after time. And I praise the Lord for his guidance and intervention in this issue as well as countless others. Thank you, Cecil. My name is Kevin Saltzman. I'm currently serving as an elder here at Grace Community Church. Uh, my wife and I and our four children have been here since 2001. Well, not all four of my kids because one's 19 months old, so he's only been here that long. Um, and we love Grace Community Church. And when I say that, it's kind of, I want to clarify, I don't necessarily love our property right now or this building. I don't necessarily love our new property or even that new building. I like them and they're a blessing to me. But when I say we love Grace, we love you guys. Um, it's a home to us. You guys are our family. We raise our kids here. We've uh, wept with many of you as we lost, lost loved ones. We've just had joy as we have these new babies that come into our group. Our, our group has had, I think, in, by, Jan by January, we'll have six new kids in the last two years just in our, our group alone. I mean, that's crazy. So it's a blessing. And uh, we, this is our home, and we love it. Three years ago, I was asked to serve as an elder by Cecil. And uh, I, that was a huge decision for me because I realized I was stepping into a leadership position of this church that we care so much about. And that's scary. Um, a, was I old enough? Um, man, these guys seem old to me. They're all my parents' friends. And, uh, <laughs> and B, um, man, did I even meet the standards? Well, after a ton of prayer and just meeting with family, my wife, and friends, um, I accepted it. And the church uh, confirmed to me as an elder. And honestly, I was hoping it was going to be really easy. I thought it was going to be, okay, okay, Lord, just let it be easy. I'm just going to go to a meeting. It's going to be all cake. Well, um, if I was soon to find out my first meeting was a prayer conference and summit with all the leaders of our church and elders and deacons on whether God would lead us to build on this building. And let me put it simply, um, the last three years, I've learned to lean on Christ more than ever in my life. Um, kind of tough decisions. As we continue to pray as, board, as a board and, and elders and deacons and leaders, God continued to guide us towards this building. Even if it didn't quite make sense, like why did the building, why did the city say we have to do the admin building first? Well, obviously God was in, in that too. And do we even have enough money to build this admin building? These are the questions we were dealing with. But God just pressed upon our hearts that we needed to step forward. So in faith, we did. I recently did a devotion. Um, it is on Elisha, and it's entitled Elisha, Tale of Ridiculous Faith. And on day four, this devotion will read, 
and it took place in 2 Kings, chapter 3. It talks about three kings. They're going to battle with this king of Moab, and they travel seven days, and they, as they travel, they get there. They're getting ready for battle, but they have run out of water. They don't have water for their men or their animals, and there's no way they can go to battle. So they turn to Elisha to seek God's guidance, and Elisha kind of messed with them a little bit, and then he says, you know what? Go dig a bunch of ditches out in this field. There's no river there. There's no rain there. There's no water there. But he says, go dig these ditches, and God will take care of you. And so they dig it, and not until the morning they wake up, and there's water in all the ditches, and they're able to replenish themselves, and God's take care, taking care of them, and they're able to actually win the battle. Well, the devotion goes on to say, this story is all about faith. Only God can send the water, but he wants you to dig the ditches. If you want to see some water in your life, then dig a ditch. Real faith works and believes big, but you must be willing to start small. The size of your vision isn't intimidating to God. Well, as a board and a church, we decided to dig a ditch and start the admin building. This admin building, um, for me and the elders and, and deacons and so many of you, is more than a building. I mean, it's an office building. Who gets really excited about an office building? Um, what is exciting, though, is we serve at a church that seeks God's will in no matter everything we do. I mean, whether it's building a building or what we're supposed to do on Sunday morning. And that's exciting to me. And I'm excited to see what God has planned for that. Let me share a couple ways God's already blessed us. God has paid off our current property that we're in right now. We don't owe a thing on it. He has paid off the entire new property that we're building on over on Lover's Lane. We are building the new administration building and preparing the entire property without any debt. He's also given us the money to remodel all of the offices at our current site into more functional classrooms when the admin building is completed. And he's given us all the money that we need to upgrade our current sound system in here that was failing and sounds, already sounds so much better. The, the sound system in the student center and when we move over and get the junior high center, the sound system there, it's all paid for. God is truly amazing and he's doing amazing things here at Grace. Right now, as the ushers come forward, um, like you just bow your heads with me and just, we uh, just dedicate everything we have to him and just in our act of worship with ties and offerings to him. Heavenly Father, um, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for letting us worship you and letting us know you. Thank you for taking care of our finances right now and for just um, being with us in the, in the huge things and in the small things, Father. And I pray that we would just lean upon you in all of those, Lord. And everything we have, Father, every dime that we own, is yours. And as we give it to you, Father, I pray that you help us to give it to you just as an act of worship and loving you joyfully. And we just thank you for all that you do. We pray that you would just bless this church, bless the families here, and help us to honor you in the way we live our lives. In your name, amen. When I was a young man, my cousin got married in San Francisco at Grace Cathedral. If you're familiar with Grace Cathedral, it's a cathedral. It is all stone and stained glass window. And to a very young man, maybe eight or ten, it was as big as the Empire State Building. It was, I'd never seen anything like it. And inside, the floors were of marble, the walls of stone and the stained glass, and, and the sense of space. It was awe-inspiring. 
And I couldn't help but somehow sense that God was, was there in a way that he hadn't been in other places that I had been. Sometimes I feel the same way when I'm trekking or climbing in the Sierra or other majestic places. It came to mind this morning because I think there are times that we yearn to feel or experience in some kind of an emotional way to to make contact with God in a way that it, it is felt or experienced in our in our feelings, in our skin. But I was thinking this morning as we were worshiping how much deeper and realer is our experience and understanding of the presence of God based upon the truth of what he tells us, not what we seek. And what is so profound to me in the scope of the New Testament, in the ministry, life, and teaching of Jesus Christ and the experience of the early church, is that whereas people always made pilgrimage to the temple, in fact, there were established festivals three times a year in which the people were to come to Jerusalem and to the temple and experience the presence of God with all of the ornate and iconic things that represented worship and, and in a sense, in a very visual and sensual in the sense that they would smell, see, hear, touch the very truths enacted in what they were doing, telling the story, remembering the truths of what God had done for them. And Jesus said that this great temple was going to be done away with. In fact, he prophesied that it would be destroyed. And that was teaching that many would tell you, and I would be inclined to agree, that caused the religious leaders to orchestrate the death of Jesus Christ. Of course, we know his death was for a much greater and ordained purpose, but that is how significant what Jesus was saying was to the people that that temple should be destroyed. We're told that, in fact, Paul, for example, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20, he says, you, you who are in Christ, you are the temple of the living God. You. Because even as we've seen this morning of that same gospel and teaching of Jesus, there are two great and powerful monuments, if you will, cathedrals, temples, that capture our attention and communicate the great truth of what God has done for us. We've seen it in baptism this morning and in the bread and the cup. When Jesus said, this bread is my body which is given for you, and this cup is the new covenant in my blood.
and how powerful that we ingest them. Sometimes uh, we're swept over by a sense of space, majesty, awe, grandeur, power. We want to be moved to those great truths. But God has ordained this as the fundamental monument that affirms His presence in Jesus Christ and what He has done for us. This bread and this cup which we take and hold in our hands and gaze upon it, but embrace and understand fully with our hearts. And because its truth is so powerful and so integral to who we are, we ingest it. I can't think of a more significant, definitive, determinative declaration of commitment, of covenant, of consecration, than for you and for me to profess our faith in Jesus Christ through the taking of this bread and this cup this morning. Let's take a moment of silence to ponder the presence of God in Jesus Christ, and who we are in Him. And then I'll pray, and we'll receive the bread and the cup. Father, you're not far away. You're not over the rainbow. You're not in the mountains. You're not in a far country in a majestic marble temple. You are present. We have access, boldness through our great high priest, Jesus Christ, who through himself, once and for all, a sacrifice never to be repeated made atonement for our sin that we might know full and unreserved acceptance knowing you not contractually but covenantally in a relationship in which you are faithful and we call you Father, loving Father. Thank you for forgiveness of sin. Thank you for an inheritance. Thank you that we bear the name child, your child, loved, never to be forsaken because we belong to you and bear your name through faith in Jesus Christ. And we praise and thank you. And we acknowledge 
what you have done in this most solemn act of once again remembering what you've done for us in Jesus Christ. It is in his matchless and peerless name we pray. Amen. On the night he was betrayed, he took bread. Blessing, he broke it, saying, this is my body, which is for you. What you hold in your hand says that you are a grace cathedral. You are a grace temple. Take and eat. In the same way, after supper, the cup also, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Because of this cup, we see the past differently. We see the future differently. We see ourselves as a people of the light, of, a, of an inheritance. And we belong together and see each other differently. We see the world differently. All because this cup represents the new covenant in my blood, said Jesus. All of you drink. The Apostle Paul said, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. Now, if you will, pass the cups toward the center. Gentlemen, uh, thank you for picking those up for us. I want to remind you as we close that um, we have the opportunity to give to the Deacons Fund. It is dedicated to helping people in the name and with the love of Jesus Christ. We help those who come to the church. We help those within our own church family. In other words, we seek to help all in the name and in the love of Jesus Christ. If you are able to give, give generously to that today. If you need the help, of the Lord in some way. This is what it's for, and uh, we do it in his name. Now, this morning, we have one final matter of great importance, and that is, is to receive with the right hand of fellowship uh, those new to our church family. And Tim Allen. If you are here and if you are here to receive the right hand of fellowship this morning, please come forward at this time and Stand down here on my right as they come. I will remind you that the right hand of fellowship is found in Galatians chapter 2, verse 9. And these folks have gone through a process to become members of our church. But I want you to understand that as we give them the right hand of fellowship, we are welcoming them into our family. We are like-minded. We share the same desire to take the, the Lord's kingdom to the world. I will introduce these folks to you. Pastor John will kind of officially shake their hand to welcome them into our family, and then we will pray for them, and then I'll ask you at the end of the service to come up and welcome them as well. I'll ask you to hold your applause until we get everybody introduced. This is Jeff and Deanna Waits and their family. 
Kirk and Allison Kendi and Chelsea Guler and her daughter. Would you welcome them? Would you please stand? It's been a wonderful morning, and it is a wonderful morning to be able to also welcome people into our family here at Grace. So after I pray, would you please come forward and welcome these folks and offer them your right hand as well. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for this day. It has been a wonderful day, Lord. And honestly, every day with you is a wonderful day. But we have just had the opportunity to witness this morning in a unique way how you work in the lives of people. And we've even had the opportunity to think about how you've worked in our lives. And for these folks that are joining our church this morning, coming into our family, we pray, Lord, that you would use them for your glory. Give them opportunities to serve. Help them to spot those opportunities where they can share about you with others. And we pray, Lord, that you would bless them as you bless us. We are grateful, Lord, for your work in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. Please come and welcome these folks.